Welcome back to another episode of the Culture Capture Spotlight Podcast. I'm Joe, and today I'm being joined with Kavon Thomas. What's good? What's good, everybody? Yeah, man. First, again, like I said uh, off the top, thanks for taking the time to sit down and join the show and get on for an interview. For sure, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So, I for like the people who don't already know, uh, can you just kind of explain what you do and, uh, you know, who you are? Uh, so, yeah, my name is Kavon. Uh, I'm, I'm a photographer. I've been a photographer for about five years now. Uh, and I specialize in a lot of different um, types of photography. I've dabbled in sports, concerts, studio work. Uh, and now uh, I'm in college, kind of just perfecting my craft. And I'll be back in Chicago soon to continue doing what I do best. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you're. Ba- did you grow up in Chicago? Were you born around, like, just born in the suburbs type thing? Yeah, no, born and raised in Chicago. Uh, at all 21 years of my life. <laughs> so when did um, when did you kind of first view photography as like an interest? Not necessarily as like a career path, but just kind of as something you were interested in. Uh, when I was 16. Uh, that's kind of when I started developing an interest in it. Well, how it happened was like our schools uh, required a couple years of art classes, whether that be band, photography, dance, or something along those lines. And everybody was telling me, it was like, yo, photography is an easy A, bro. The teacher don't even care like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. I could definitely use an easy A. Uh, so I joined photography and like, I don't know. I just liked it. I was always a creative person, but never really had like a true medium in which I wanted to like showcase my creativity. But once I got into photography, I was like, yo, this is definitely like interesting for sure. So like, it almost seems like kind of right away when you picked it up, you kind of knew that's what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, how did you kind of first get started then? And like, what, how did you kind of get your foot in the door other than like the class? Um, so I ended up buying my own camera, um, probably like early November of 2016. And I was taking pictures of like literally every day, like around the house, taking pictures of people, taking pictures of my family members and stuff. So I kind of developed my talent through that. But then as far as like actually shooting stuff, um, I went, the first like opportunity I got was going to Chance the Rapper's open mics, uh, Social Works, and Chance the Rapper. They have these open mics uh, every month, and I went to one with my friend, took pictures. Uh, Chance was there. They had a special guest. Uh, I believe it was Joey Perp. Uh, he was a special guest that that day. And I put him on Twitter. Chance retweeted the pictures, and they got like a whole bunch of likes. And I had never got that many likes on anything myself picture i took or anything so i was like okay clearly these photos must be good and that's when it was like okay maybe i could actually do something with this photography so when like how did you figure out how to get into that chance event because i feel like for like the photography scene like a big part of it is like knowing when events are taking place and like who's going to be at the events you know honestly had no like idea whether or not I would be able to take pictures at the event. I kind of went as like, as just a student. The, the event 
are free for students to open mics. And I just brought my camera there and I was sh shooting from the crowd. I was sitting down in my seat in the auditorium, taking pictures um, from the crowd and edited them when I got home. They didn't really have a problem with it because uh, I wasn't like getting in the way of anything. Uh, but it turned out well at the end. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. And, like, honest, obviously now, like, you've you've kind of moved up from that level of taking photos from the crowd to, like, pits and uh, on the yeah. court and, you know, on stage. Um, yeah, so after that open mic, I had, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to every open mic now and take pictures. So from 20, I think my first open mic was, like, 2017, like, the middle of 2017. From that point to the moment I graduated high school, I was, um, going to every open mic every month and taking photos and then getting myself acquainted with like the social work staff and when it was time for me to graduate uh they were like do you want to like work for social works as a photographer like full time and i was like absolutely oh, that's pretty well yeah, yeah. so what else were you kind of doing at that time like in 2017 like 2018 um kind of like that was really it like once i found photography nothing else mattered to me like at first i, wanted, I thought i was going to go to the nba i thought i was going to uh be a rapper at one point I, I was into a lot of different stuff but nothing ever stuck you know so uh but once i found photography it just i don't know it just called to me and i just stuck with that i wasn't doing anything else besides that in school no, I feel you. And it's like, it's one of those things, like when you, I mean, photography is obviously it's a career for you, but like, you know, when you first find something new and it's like really hard to put down, it's like one of those things where it's like, that's all you want to do, you know, uh, that's yeah. all you're going to do. So like, what were some other like ways you kind of like, especially kind of earlier on, like what were some things that you did to like surround yourself with just opportunities to grow your brand and name and like get your photos out there? Uh, you know, I feel like every photographer, especially like a music photographer, you know, they have to do a little um, sneaking around to get into different events and stuff. So I, I had my fair share of events where I had to say, oh, I'm working for this person when I was actually just a regular dude trying to take pictures of the next person. And it, it worked out for me. Uh, I remember... Uh, I forget what event it was, but uh, I know I know Vic Mensa was performing, and I went in there and I was like, "Yeah, I'm supposed to be taking pictures at this event," and they were like, they saw my camera and they was like, "I guess you are," <laughs> and I ended up getting, and that's how I first met Vic Mensa, and once you continue to do that and build a portfolio it gets easier and easier to get into more and more events yeah what was it i mean are you like still kind of close with vic now is it something where like you'll still like shoot some events for him or no yeah definitely that i met vic and um met vic in 2017 um august 2017 and that's kind of like that was kind of like my first introduction to vic in general and I became like a super fan of his work uh, since then. And then in 2018, right after I graduated high school, uh, there was an event that I was 
given the opportunity to take pictures for where we kind of, where we remet, where we met again, and that's when I started working for him, for him and uh, Save Money, Save Life. And me and Vic have become uh, well acquainted with each other. I spent a week in the studio with him um, during a writer's workshop with him and Joey Purr, Peter Cottontail, um, at RCM Studios working on music and stuff. And it was a totally good experience. It was kind of like a full circle moment because 2017, I snuck into this event to take pictures of Vic Mensa, and now I'm in the studio working on music that y'all haven't even heard yet. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah, no, and like, um, in general, like, I got a few questions off of this, too. For the listeners out there who might not know what Save Money is, can you just kind of go into detail about, like, what that organization's about? Well, Save Money is a collective of artists, rappers, photographers, anybody. Um, I'm too young to even really remember, like, when they were at their peak, for sure, but, like, Joey Perp, Chance the Rapper, uh, Reese Young, I Tokyo, they they grew up and they were making music and doing all this fun stuff. And then uh, Vic created Save Money, Save Life, which was a, a nonprofit organization that uh, aids to bring uh, trauma centers to the south and west side of Chicago and bring uh, and teach uh, gunshot wound victims how to like save themselves or teach people how to save gunshot wound victims because you know ambulances don't come as quickly in the poor neighborhoods and like what he's doing is really dope for those areas of the city and like what has it been like again like you said in the top you're from here born here um to be like a small part of that like movement and like helping those areas of the city uh it was it's really good i remember the uh shoe drive that they had like um, it's a couple of years ago where there was a bait truck in Inglewood and they were trying to lure kids to steal shoes so that they can arrest them, you know, make them another statistic. And Vic brought trucks of shoes, probably 15,000 shoes. And it was it's like a sight to see, like all these people lined up to get these free shoes. People who had nothing on their feet coming to get these shoes that it, and I was there to take pictures, and I spread the word about that. You know, it was, it was definitely a sight to see. No, sure. that's incredible, and I think that's like that's one of the the coolest parts, I guess, about working in this industry is being able to like give back to communities and really help other people in need. Like that is by far one of the coolest parts, especially about uh, what you do in photography, because I like yeah. I just know others and they get to see some really, really incredible things. Some of them are more personal and, and, and other ones are more like broad in a, in a community aspect. And um, again, just kind of like another uh, point to it as well is like when when you start going to events like that and you start going to more and more events, like when did you realize like how serious, not like, I don't want to say serious, but how like, you know, really dependent you're going to become on these skills as like a photographer? Mm, wait say say that again like what do you what do you mean by that like when you started going to more and more just like important events and it wasn't just like as a fan it was really as like a member of the team as the crew like when when did that kind of like when did you notice the bar kind of change in a sense of when like okay yeah like i'm i'm here to perform like every single time type thing uh man it's 
I've kind of always had that mindset, like putting my best foot forward, even when I was like taking pictures at open mics and stuff. So it's it's a lot of pressure for me personally every time I go to one of these events to make sure that I get the best photos I can. Um, and I think having that mindset is for any photographer is important because if you don't strive for the best, then you won't get the best. And like, I mean, how do you, how also like go further into like just talking about how you deal with that like pressure and how you deal with like, you know, the, the need of like having to show up every single time. Like there's no real like day off with your job. I would, I would say for me, the main, uh, source of pressure relief is my friends, like my photographer friends. I'm in a, a group called semi mid. And we all like help each other when it comes to photography. And even if that means telling one another that, you know, these photos are absolutely terrible, you know, but you need that because you don't want a yes man around you and going to these events with them. Like sometimes I'll shoot a show and it'll be a couple of people from the group there as well. And us helping each other that just helps helps us in general just be better and relieves a lot of that pressure when did you yeah of course of course it's good that they got my back go ahead i said knowing that they have my back yeah it's it's huge knowing you just have people like that can look out for you no matter what you do in this industry it's really hard to do this shit like alone and uh really like with like no no support so what did remind me the name of the group Semi-mid. Semi-mid. When did this, like, come about, and when did you and your friends kind of start it up? Uh, it was, I want to say, like, it's been a while. It's been much longer than I thought. Like, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, we've been in this group chat probably since twenty early 2019, I think. Like, it's been a pretty long time. It's uh, a, lot of, a lot of our photographers that are in the chat are from Chicago, but a handful of them aren't even from um, the city at all, never even been to Chicago. Some from New Orleans, uh, Wisconsin, Memphis, Florida. Like, we have people from all parts of America. Oh, yeah, and we help each other out when it comes to like different opportunities. Like, hey, this is a guy you should know if you want to get into the show in Florida or if you want to get into the show in Chicago. Like, call this guy, call this person. And we all just help each other out. We've been doing this for a couple of years now. Yeah, and, like, do you take other gigs outside of the city often, or do you kind of just stay local to Chicago? Um, I don't – I do stay local to Chicago, but I wouldn't say it's on purpose. Yeah, like, right. I, I just don't think I've uh, crossed that path yet. But hopefully one day Rolling Loud hits me up and wants me to come out to Miami or L.A. to shoot. So what – like, we haven't really dove into – some of the stuff you're working on right now and what you've done recently. Um, you were at, were you a part of media team at Summer Smash? I was, so, yes. That was my first time being on a media team for a festival, and that was definitely a great experience. Uh, I didn't even think I was going to be able to shoot Summer Smash. Like, I, uh, when they announced the lineup, I saw a couple of artists who I knew, and I was going to ask them if I could take pictures for them. But somehow, some way, I ended up just joining the media team. Uh, Combs, who was uh, the leader of our team, 
uh, hit me up and he was like, this is what, this is what's going on. And I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> and yeah, that was an amazing festival for sure. Definitely, uh, I feel like that festival put my name out there as a established photographer. Like when people saw my photos, they're like, okay, wait, this guy is actually like really good. What was it like as uh, just on like the personal level of when you got that DM or text or whatever being like, hey, you're going to we want you on the media team this year? It, it was like confirming, like, because I put a lot of I've been doing this for five years now. So knowing that it finally like paid off a little bit, you know, is definitely um, invigorating, like. When I would say, you're on a media team, I'm like, okay, great. I don't have to sneak into this concert again. I don't have to ask 30,000 people, how can I get in here? I don't have to slave to try to get in here. Like, I don't have to hassle with security whether or not my name is on the list. Like, I have a shirt that says Lyrical Lemonade Summer Smash Media Team. Like, only, like, 20 people have this shirt, and I'm one of them. So it feels good. And, like... Uh, could you drop a couple cool stories of like your experiences from that weekend? Yeah, so uh, I well, the, the best part about it was meeting a lot of different photographers from like around the U.S. Like I met photographers from L.A., New York, and also. But I think the funniest part about Summer Smash this was day two. We're sitting in a trailer and. We're all editing photos, we're all chopping it up, and it felt like a freaking earthquake when this uh, this forklift crashed into us. I don't know, it was something about it that was kind of just like, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So like you were, so like in the media shit backstage, you're telling me a forklift yeah, hit crashed into our the trailer. trailer. Oh my yeah. lord, bro. <laughs> it, was, it brought us all together because the because the uh the trailer kind of got knocked off uh it's balanced the door got stuck and we couldn't go in so all of us like took turns trying to open it up it was just that was just like a very fun experience i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't expecting that answer i was like oh i was on stage for like x's perform not like the artist whoever's (laughs) performance but nah the uh forklift hit the trailer that's a I didn't know that happened there this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that was, was probably like my biggest takeaway from the whole festival. Was like, it during the rain out, or was it during the rain part, or was it? No, like... it was before the festival even started. It was before doors opened. Oh, like it was boy. probably like ten thirty in the morning. We were all just sitting there eating breakfast, editing photos and stuff. And that would that was that woke us up for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's different. That's a different one for sure, man. Um, yeah. What are some other highlights though of the weekend that you had other than you know just kind of like the team bonding experience that was trying to get in the trailer? Oh man, from from the festival, I was seeing all the like seeing all the fans when Dirk came out. That was kind of like a crazy experience, like. Because if you know, you like you know, Sturk hasn't performed in Chicago yeah. in a long time, in like five years, I believe. And that was his first like real show in Chicago. Like he's done shows in like Joliet and stuff, mm-hmm. but that was his first show in Chicago. And to see all those people like run to the uh, stage, like run to Dirk when he came out, was crazy to me. And because I've been listening to Dirk for 
forever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. and Hill's anthem and stuff. So I think that was kind of like a super eye-opening moment for sure. That was probably my favorite moment of Summer Smash was watching Dirk perform. Yeah, I feel like that was a lot of people's like top tier, kind of one of their top moments, and um, yeah. no, it's super cool. I mean, the it was a really like it was a really well done festival. Like it was a lot of fun. It was like my first ever festival type shit. So to be be able to be like again like backstage, like not having to like hassle hassle for shit. It's definitely like a different different like kind of feeling and shit. And like you said, it's rewarding. So. Yeah. Um, when you talk about Dirt though, you're saying he's like one of your fa- like kind of an artist you've listened to forever. Like, assuming he's kind of one of your favorite artists. Uh, I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites, but like I've been listening to him forever. Like, just being in Chicago, being in the city, being around, like especially on the south side of Chicago. I, li- I grew up on the south and the east side of Chicago, and that's kind of where Dirt grew up on Inglewood. I've been hearing and listening to Doug forever, like, unconsciously, whether I liked it or not. And to see him go from Ailes Anthem Dirk to songs with Drake is, like, a super full circle moment. Yeah. It's crazy. But I would would say my favorite artist is Kanye and Vic Mensa. (laughs) Oh, cool, cool. So what did you think of Donda? Like, did you... Did you get around to listening to it yet or no? Uh, I did listen to it, but it's so many songs on that album. It's kind of hard to listen to it again. It's like, dang, what songs did I like from this album? I forget. Was it song 27? Was it song 3? Like, I forget which one it was, but it was a great album. I do know that for sure. I might have to say CLB was better, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> Little CLB Donda debate, real quick. Yeah, I don't know. For me, like that whole that whole thing is so weird because it's like they're two different projects, and like I don't know. Like I like both artists. Like Drake and Kanye are like two of my favorite, probably five artists. You know, ten artists. So it's like whenever, whenever somebody asks me like CLB or Donda, I usually say like sonically, like production wise, I would say Donda. Yeah, but like. Lyrics wise, I would say CLB. So it just depends on your personal taste, but I'm a lyrics guy. That's why I like Big Mensa and the old Kanye and stuff. So mm. I, that's why I'm leaning for CLB. No, I get you. But I can understand if anybody says Donda is better because some people like production more. Um, and to kind of bring it back to just like music festivals, um, like when you were on the media team for 2021 Summer Smash, that would mean like 2019, where you were still at that festival, you still shot photos there, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I shot that festival, but I wasn't on the media team for that one, so. Right, so how did uh, you, how did you get in? Did you just like apply like standard, you know, photo pit pass, or did you like sneak into it? Nah, I, I wouldn't say I snuck in, but I stood at the artist table like the artist check-in and the media check-in for two hours before I was able to get my pass. Like, I knew a lot of people that were on the lineup, so when they would come up to the artist pass, I'm like, bro, please let me get on your list, bro. Like, please let me in. Please let me come in with you. And they'd be like, nah, I'm all out of passes. But finally, uh, I think it was uh, Marley Don't Shoot Him. He he got me a pass, and I was – that was good for the weekend but yeah i stood out there for two hours waiting on that pass well that's a crazy story man yeah i mean that's wild stuff um for like listeners out there and stuff and people trying to like be in your shoes one day like kind of talk about how important it is to just kind of like 
I don't mean I don't want to sound corny, but the whole like never give up type of thing when you're in those kind of situations. Now, yeah, consistency, especially in photography, is key. I would say like the pandemic, a lot of photographers had to put their cameras down for a minute. There, especially music photographers, like there was nothing to shoot. And I was hearing stories of, like from my friends that how, when they came back and they were shooting stuff again, like they were a little rusty. And for any photographer, that's just goes to show that consistency, like taking photos every day, taking photos of everything is important, especially when you're just picking up the camera. Like when you first pick up your camera, like don't put it down ever. Like good advice. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Same thing applies to anything that you want to do. Like it doesn't have to be just photography. Like if you want to be a chef, cook every day. Like I know that's expensive, but yeah, cook every day. If you want to be a basketball player, go shoot every day. Like whatever you want to do, you have to just do it consistently. You can't pick and choose when you want to be great. You have to just be great all the time. Nah, that's good advice. That's, that's certainly some good ass advice. And like, I want to kind of transition into the uh, the WNBA stuff that you're doing right now. Oh, definitely, man! Shout out to Chicago Sky, man. I hope y'all win the finals. Yeah, right now, I, what is it, one one in the series yeah, it's right now? Uh, when we're recording this, so I mean, hopefully by the time this comes out, they've either won the championship or are about to. Yeah. Um, but how did that opportunity come about for you? And like, you know, obviously, like you said, we were talking a lot about like the music photography. Um, but how did you get into the sports photography space? And like, just yeah, go into that detail. It, it was, I would say, working for the WNBA was probably the most random experience and random opportunity to ever like over to my lap. So I was, <laughs> I was literally sitting at home one day. And this guy who I know, um, his name is Andrew, he called me. He, I had a photography class with him um, a year prior at our uh, community college. But he calls me and he's like, yo, uh, how you been? Like, I'm good. Whatever. And he's like, do you want to work for the WNBA? And I'm like, uh, I guess. But yeah, sure. I want to work for the WNBA. Why? What's up? He was like. Uh, yeah, we're looking for photographers, so just email this guy, and you'll be good. And I emailed the, uh, the guy, Junior. He's the um, marketing, well, he's the media director for Chicago Star. And he was like, yeah, can you uh, send me some examples of any sports photography you've done? And when I tell you I've never done any sports photography prior to Chicago Star, I I had one picture of this guy playing basketball, and that's what I sent him. I sent him that one photo, and he was like, yeah, this is good. Like, come on. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's why I started working for this guy. So my sports photography developed while working for a professional basketball, and I don't think anybody else can really yeah. say that. Shit, it developed this season. Shit. Yeah. Um, what has that experience been like, again, like, learning on the go almost for like you know the situation that you're shooting um well working doing concerts definitely helped like i wasn't like totally inexperienced like with photography in general so having like concerts because concerts can be fast paced and stuff right. that helped so i knew kind of like technically as far as like camera settings what to do but as far as like how to get these shots i had to learn that each and every game like what's the best way to make sure i get the best shot 
that was something that I definitely had to uh, take a few games to figure out. And what helped me was I used to sit next to this guy. His name is Gary, and he works for Getty Images. He's been working for the Chicago Bulls and the Bucks for, like, over 20 years. And I would sit next to him every game and kind of just mimic him, like, I would mimic the way he uh, moves his camera around, like how often he's moving his camera around, what type of shots he's getting and stuff, and then just apply that to my own uh, ways, my own procedure of getting photos and stuff. And it helped a lot. Like, you can see the difference between the first game that I shot for the Chicago Sky versus the last game. Like, it got drastically better. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like, like, you so- wouldn't even think it's the same photographer. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's super, that's super wild because you don't like. I know some other sports photographers, like one, um, like someone from back in Boston, like he shoots for Jason Tatum and shit. Um, he does photo and video, and it definitely wasn't like that where it was just like, yeah, um, <laughs> I sent one photo and <laughs> that was it. Nah, but he he came in from the music background too, so it, it's interesting to hear hear your kind of like story and how that's like how that came about for you and like similar to the like summer smash question can you share some stories so like from this season that have been kind of wild and like that you've experienced uh the WNBA, so i did I, I wasn't able to work for the chicago side this current season because of covid they only wanted like one photographer like, which they had already but for the season i did work uh, i would say the <laughs> The best experience was meeting DJ Casper. DJ Casper is the creator of the Cha Cha Slide. And it's always just funny meeting people that you never thought you would ever meet in your life. Like, I never once thought that I would meet DJ Casper and do the Cha Cha Slide with him. Like, what? That was crazy. But he used to come to every game and stuff. Uh, another, like, I wouldn't say experience, but another thing that I took away from working for the WNBA is. I have a, like a totally better appreciation for the WNBA and women's basketball players. Like I, I was kind of that guy that was like, "Bro, who cares about winning sports, bro? Like nobody watches that." But after watching it, I'm like, "Yo, y'all need to watch the WNBA because it's that good." Oh, so yeah, those are my two experiences from working for the Sky. So like, uh, how do you balance? Like, so you're in college. Um, you're at NIU. So how do you balance, like, all, all of that? <laughs> like, how do you go to the WNBA shit? How do you edit photos for for concerts or the studios? Or, like, how do you get all this? How do you get all your work done? It's hard. It's hard. I definitely prioritize my education right now. Uh, I know the photography won't ever go away from me. It's like riding a bike. But this education got to get gotta get completed and I gotta get this degree as soon as possible so that after that I can then put 100% of my focus into my craft uh, so I do what I can when it comes to photography but I do what I, I need to do when it comes to school and like in terms of just like free time like this is kind of what I was going to tell you like you know the personal side of like alright what do you do when you have like time to just kick, kick it and chill um, still taking photos even when even when I'm like not um, in school or doing a photo shoot 
I'm still taking photos. Like I'll go to a party and and bring my camera just to take photos of people and stuff. And sometimes I may charge, sometimes I don't. But like I don't know, my camera is like literally my life. I I feel like Kobe Bryant. You know, Kobe Bryant said like. Oh, I can't stop thinking about basketball. Like, like it was embedded in his brain. Like that's how I feel about photography sometimes. No, I get it. And like, is it a sense of just like you're you're basically take like you said earlier? I think like you really just take photos every day. Yeah, I I do. Like even even if it's not on my camera, like my phone, I take photos like every day, and edit. I edit photos every day. Like it's. I don't know. Maybe I have a mental illness or some sort. No, I don't know. No, it's all good. It's all good. So, like, even when you're... Okay, so when you're not taking photos, <laughs> like, are you into sports? Are you into fashion? Like, what are you into? I'm... Uh, sorry. I'm kind of into fashion, but I do this thing on TikTok. Uh, I'm big on TikTok. I know, right? I'm a, I'm a TikToker, and I do... I rate my followers' outfits, and they send me my followers send me outfits, and I judge it based on whether or not they're styling or wild. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I do on there. So it's kind of, it's kind of guided me into fashion a little bit more. Like now I'm more conscious about the way I dress and stuff. Even when I'm going out to like uh, to take photos and stuff, I look better than my clients sometimes. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's. I, I would say I'm developing I'm developing an interest in fashion for sure, and probably gonna um, make some merch for my photography. Kind of merge the two, fashion and photography together. They already kind of go hand in hand, so now I'm just gonna make it mine. No, they definitely do go hand in hand. Like, are you more into the streetwear stuff, or are you into high-end fashion, yeah. both? No, definitely streetwear stuff. I actually can't stand high-end fashion. I, I just don't understand it. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're just not, you're not into that, to the glamour, like, you know, the runway, runway type of energy. Nah, not, none of the Met Gala stuff. I like, <laughs> I like the, um, the Adidas and the Nikes and the Off-White and stuff like that. Kanye's and the Pharrell's. I get you. So, uh, this is a recurring question I ask every episode. Um, listeners know it's probably coming right now. Is the three favorite sneaker silhouette um, question? I ask every guest, every field and background on the show. What are your top three sneaker silhouettes? Not colorways, just models. Yeah. Oh, models. Okay, okay. So I would say the Jordan one. Even before the hype, I was definitely liking the Jordan one. Uh, I think that the Jordan four. I mean, like, is there anything more iconic than a Jordan silhouette? I don't think. I think all, my top three are all Jordans. I think the last one I would have to say is the Jordan eleven. Like. I know my answer is probably super basic, but no, those, those are, are some authentic sneaker answers. Hey. You know what I mean? Like I've I've had some very intriguing responses to this one. Um, I did one yesterday. Someone said slides. Uh, that one, <laughs> that was one that I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand. But um, you know, it, it's a it, it's always an interesting question because. I can get a gauge of kind of your sneaker background just off the answer. So I can tell you, like, the original stuff and probably where yeah. OG kind of shit. I, I would say honorable mentions, a couple honorable mentions, is 
the Converse All Star high top. Can't go wrong with those. And the Adidas Superstar shell toes. Shell toe Adidas. Shell toes are classics, man. Very classic. classic. Yeah, but those three Jordans, like if you you don't even have to see the colorway or anything. You you know a Jordan Eleven when you see a Jordan Eleven. You know a Jordan One and a Jordan Four when you see it. Mm. Like I'm wearing I'm wearing Jordan Fours right now. Actually, I'm wearing the um, the off white sales right now. Oh okay, gripped up for the phone interview. I see you. I'm so really wearing. I'm wearing rubber Burks right now. I'm wearing house shoes. Like I'm not. <laughs> you know, like I said to you, like before the interview started, I'm under the weather, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm not dripped up for my shit. But like, no, I feel you. The four is a classic. Like I, I really like the five. That's when I wish I heard more. I love a Jordan yeah. five. It's the same thing. It's just like that tongue, that that fucking shark tooth, like mid. So like that shit is just such an iconic sneaker. A little harder to wear, but I think it's like it's a high top, so it kind of fits into that like fashionable boot look, you know. Definitely, Jordan. J- Jordan just doesn't miss. No, nah, like, bro. All hell, Michael Jordan. I I like I be converting like people from Adidas to to Nike. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. The Yeezys, the Yeezys like go crazy. My favorite Yeezys, the Yeezy Quantums, underrated sneaker, man. I want to try those rubber shoes out. I want them like rubber, like I want those rubber ones that he put out. You know what I'm talking about? The yellow ones that just came out. Those are raw, yeah. With the like um, other colors, like kind of splashed in on the on the upsole on the like upper. But I'm talking about like the rubber like shoes. I forget the model name. There's so many of them now, but yeah, um, easy. Kanye West got it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about though. The fucking. the rubber, like the rubber shoes, not the slides, but like the ones like everybody be wearing. They, they wear oh, like the, the, uh, the foam runners. There you go. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bitches look fine, yeah, I have bro. Those I want those. Well. I want those, those for sure. Those make you feel like you're walking on air. What size are you, Loki? 11. Ooh. Yeah, so I, all my shoes are expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, I got I'm, the a, bro, I'm a 12-13, bro. Shit, I'm, mine are a little more than yours. <laughs> Shit. It's um, tough. I hate it. I hate the resale culture now. Resale, bro, yeah, that's a good point. Shit. Resale culture is like, I remember when shit you like used to be Facebook group heavy, man, and it was just all all about like trying to make it work and not get finessed on the internet. Now it's like you got StockX and fucking Goat and like these other apps too that can you can like win shoes on. Like it's just such a different environment now where like. Bro, you can you can get hype shoes like so much easier now that I feel like than before, you know? And even like when I got into shoes when I was like a younger kid, like twelve and thirteen, like it was still like easier then than it was in the past to like get shoes. So it's crazy to see like all right, where it where it'll go in another few years and what the landscape will look like then, you know? Mm, definitely nice. I feel like the resale market now is like not even about shoes is all about money like it doesn't matter what it it doesn't even have to be a shoe like people are reselling literally anything like people reselling ps5s like well i get that yeah, when the PS4 came out, like pe- people weren't doing that. Yeah, so. well, I think Sony done fucked up because they they didn't make enough PS5s for the demand. Yeah, I think I, I think, think it was intentional though. I don't know that yeah. that whole situation is so weird to me because it's like you still can't get a damn PS5. 
So I don't know what what the deal is. I remember hearing about why that's the case, and I, I don't remember off the dome. But you brought up Ye and like his, his like easy shit. What do you think of the Gap uh, stuff reselling for like fourteen hundred dollars or something like that? It's like wasn't the retail like mostly 90. like most of some like fifty dollars? Ninety or bucks for the hoodies, bro. I had I had one of the hoodies my size in the cart, ninety ready to go. And then I just didn't, I just was like, nah, I'm chilling. Like, I was like on the toilet, you know what I mean? Like, full transparency. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a cop this, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm pissed I didn't, because that would have been the easiest 1400 ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just such yeah. a flip. Like, oh, my Lord. I seen that I mean, on StockX. The shit was going for four, over $1,400 for a fucking size large. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. For a plain hoodie, dude? For a Gap hoodie? Yeah, I think it's great for Kanye. Like, it's huge like, for Kanye. I don't want to take anything away from Kanye, but like, damn, like, it's just a hoodie, bro. No, <laughs> like, I, yeah, are... I don't, I don't mean any of that in, in a sense of like I'm trying to take away from anybody. It's just the sense. No, no, I think no, kind no, of no. what you're saying, and what you were hinting at a minute ago of like, bro, whoever like the name attached to shit, I think really just increases yeah. the value of stuff. Like, these these people are like. I don't know. I, it's kind of crazy how Kanye still has like this much influence. Like you would think, like Kanye starting to get a little old. You know, he's in his forties now. But like people don't care. Like Pharrell used to have a whole bunch of influence. Like he doesn't. He didn't lose it all. But like he's not nearly as influential as he used to be. Yeah. But like you would think Kanye would like just hand the keys over to Travis. Travis is the next guy. Yeah, I mean, the shit Travis is going to be on with Nike is going to be interesting because they let him, I feel like they let Travis kind of create different shit, but it's it's starting to kind of look the same. But it's crazy, yeah, like, I, I don't know, yeah, even I what Virgil's too, doing, man. Like, what Virgil's doing is something different in the sense of, like, bro's done over 100, I want to say over 200 damn near shoes for Nike, and, like, everybody's buying them. Like, I don't think anybody else could have done a series of 50 SBs that are like similar like each pair is similar from the next to the last and they'd all be worth like triple the box retail you know what i mean it's just like it's crazy crazy stuff you know like what the shoe game looks like right now very good i think that i think that the sneakers app in a whole needs to like just be shut down <laughs> i feel like we should all go back to like you you have to buy these shoes in person like I don't care if you have to stand in a line for for ten hours. Like I feel like that would be a, a lot better because that way you don't have people buying fifty pairs of the shoe with these bots online trying to sell it for millions of dollars. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess my like last question for you um, is really more or less of a sense. If you just kind of provide like, what are some things you got going on? Uh, that are coming up for you and like what are some stuff in the photography space that you're going to kind of be working on uh well right now i am trying to like expand my studio um like my i have a i run a studio called 420k studios um and it's something that i kind of just want to make bigger like it's not it's just like a little spot in my garage that i use right now but i it's something i really want to make more known and stuff because i want to have a space where photographers of any 
uh, age, uh, race, anything, where they can come in and just use the space for free. Uh, and uh, not have to worry about like paying a renter's fee or anything like that. So that's probably like my next step once I leave, once I come back home to Chicago for a winter break is figuring out how I'm going to get 420K Studios on the map. No, that's super cool, man. And like keep hustling for real, trying to make that studio. That's a really raw, like, uh, that's raw as hell that you're not going to charge to. Nah, don't plan. I don't plan on charging at all. Like whenever I do get the studio, or however long I have it, I don't plan on charging any photographer to use it at all. Because there isn't a space like that in Chicago where you can rent a photo studio or video spot and not have to pay, like the photographer, where the photographer doesn't have to pay. Like that's, I feel like that's crazy that we don't have that already, but I'll be, I'll be the first to bring it. Yeah, that's, no man, it's, it's definitely a dope concept. I mean, shit, I... I'm excited to hear more about that. Um, but I don't really have any other questions for you, bro. Can you can you tell people where they can go find your uh, photos and where they can follow you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on most social media at Kvon420. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kvon underscore. Uh, yeah, that's me, Kvon. Yeah, again, man, thank you for taking the time today to talk, man. You definitely dropped some dope stories, some some cool experiences, and um, keep going hard in the uh, in your space. This was another episode of the Culture Captures Spotlight Podcast. Um, thank you to all the listeners who got to this point. We'll be back again next week with a new episode.